Now this is a honking water right here. This is awesome. How y'all doing? Good. Y'all use the word honking up here, right? Yeah, honking. Now y'all are a good looking bunch. You know that? Now only four of you responded. Come on now. We're, we believe in faith, right? I know that's an expression of faith, but we are. Come on, we are a good-looking bunch. Say it, we are a good-looking bunch. <laughs> it's fun to be in the house of God, you know it? It really is. What an honor, what a privilege we have to come into the presence of God. Like Pastor Darren said, I, I don't take lightly getting to come and spend some time with you, and I really do believe that God is going to speak to us this morning. And you are just a blessed people to have the pastors that you have, to have the helps ministry that you have, the worship team, this environment. Uh, if you're in any part of this church, if you serve, if you help, if you give, if you pray, we say thank you. Yeah, can we give them a praise? Thank you. A hand clap. Thank you for being you. Thank you for creating an environment where we can come and experience the presence of God. Because Heather and I, we travel all over the world and in every different type of, of church. And please don't take for granted the environment that is created here. Because just because it says church on the building doesn't mean it's the church. Now, there's a lot of buildings that people gather in. So, so we don't want to play church. We don't want to come to church on the way to lunch. Right? We don't want to just check the box just to make ourselves feel better. This is an environment. This isn't an atmosphere where you and I get to hear the voice of God. The good thing about the Word is that each and every one of us you know what? We can do it. Say it. I can do it. God never asks us to do anything that we don't have the ability to do. We can do it. When we come into God's house, we get to hear something new. And the good thing is we can do it. Say it. I can do it. Because it's not the Bible toters that get results in their life. It's not the bumper sticker havers. That say honk if you love Jesus that get results. It is the doers. So when we come into the house of God, let's come with an expectation that I'm going to hear God's word and I'm going to do God's word. Amen. Say it. I'm going to hear God's word and I'm going to do God's word. Whoever is at, at the platform, whoever's ministering, whatever office is there, that day I'm going to look through the person and I'm going to look to him and I'm going to hear God and I'm going to do what God instructs me to do, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. Amen. Ray, smile. Even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't want to stay where I am. You know, the thing about the comfort zone... I did a leadership teaching this week on the comfort zone. The thing about the comfort zone, and I want you to think of this, that if, if I stay where I'm at in my thinking, my believing, my expectation, and my application, this is as good as life gets for me. This is as good as my relationship with God gets. 
But if I'm willing, say it willing. If I'm willing to lift my thinking, if I'm willing to expect, if I'm willing to do something that I haven't ever done before, if I'm willing to go after God in ways I've never gone after Him before, if I'm willing to let go of what I think about, I, what I think I know about God, and I'm willing to embrace what God's Word says, if I'm willing to think and believe and expect and do something new, I haven't seen anything yet. The best is yet to come. The good thing about the character and nature of God is He's always progressive. He's always expanding. His Word never changes. His character and nature never changes. But He's always moving forward. There's always creative power in His DNA where there's creative power in your DNA. What makes us think that the God who created the heavens, the earth... All the galaxies, even today, scientists are discovering new things and new galaxies and new stars. What makes us think that this God that is so powerful and almighty and all-knowing that when he comes inside of you and I, he quits doing that? You know why you know there's more in the presence of God? You know why you want more? Because there is more. There is more. I remember before I ever gave my life to the Lord, I I knew in my spirit, man, I knew there had to be more to serving God than just going to church. I knew there had to be more to the presence of God than drawing a cute picture of Abraham and all his sons. I knew there had to be more than coming and seeing everybody put on their fake Christian face. How are you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored. (laughs) And that's true. We are blessed. We are highly favored. But you know why we know there's more? Say it. There is more. There is more. There's more things for us to discover as long as we're on this planet and even for eternity, we will continue just like the angels as they surround the throne of God and they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're seeing new aspects of God. And when we come into the house of God, when we set our heart right and we expect that I'm not coming here to play church. I'm not coming here to stay average. I'm not coming here to keep thinking the way that I think and believe the way that I... I'm coming here to grow and become and develop. And before I ever hear God's Word, I'm setting my expectation. When I hear it, I'm going to do it. Say it. When I hear it, I'm going to do it. I don't care if anybody... You don't have to repeat this part. I don't care if anybody else does it, I'm going to do it. I don't care if anybody else goes after God, I'm going after God. I don't care if anybody else throws in the towel, I will never throw in the towel. I don't care if anybody else crumbles and falls and they walk away from God, I will never walk away from God. I will not quit. Period. Amen. See, it's important that we have a mindset. Remember in Luke chapter 17, I didn't know I was going here, but here we go. Luke chapter 17, you have the ten lepers and they show up and they're waiting for Jesus. And, and, and you, Jesus tells them to go and show themselves to the priests. And all ten of them were cleansed. But one of them came back. One of them comes back. And the Bible says that he fell down, prostrated Jesus' feet. And he just began to thank him over and 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 over. And Jesus says, where, where are the nine? Is there only this one? 
who is an alien. He shouldn't be in my presence. He shouldn't be on his knees. He shouldn't be coming after me. But he is. He's the one that chose to step out and do things that nobody else was willing to do. He was the one that was willing to lift his hands to say, thank you, Jesus. He was the one who was willing to go out of his way. He was the one that was willing to think different, believe different, talk different, worship different. He was the one. It is time for the body of Christ to have the mindset, I don't give a rip what the world thinks of me. I'm going to be the one that if God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one that's going to come with an abandonment before Almighty God and I'm going to worship and I'm going to lay myself down and I'm going to open myself up. Be the one, church. It's time for us to be the one. Be the one that is the head and not the tail. Be the one that has a victorious mindset and not a defeated mindset. We are the body of Christ, not the body of Christ's. See, there's a difference. I, I compete. I did a roping clinic yesterday in Cheyenne, and I still compete professionally and everything. And by the way, we had seven except the Lord yesterday at the roping clinic, got to baptize too. Yeah, give God praise. Uh, and before I, I get going, if you haven't tuned in and watched the TV show every week on RFD and Cowboy Channel, uh, please record it. You can get a double dose. You can come here, your pastors, then hear Heather and I on, on uh, Sunday mornings and throughout the week. But... Uh, it was funny when we were taking pictures after we baptized them. It was real green, dirty, mossy. I mean, it was, I mean, there was some stuff in there. And when we took pictures afterward, I said, I said, make sure you got that moss out of your teeth when we were smiling, okay? <laughs> but see, there's a difference whenever you're competing, trying not to lose. Compared to competing to win. And the sad thing is, a lot of the body of Christ, we come hoping that God's going to do something. There's a difference between praying, hoping God does something, praying, well, you never know what God's going to do, praying, there's a difference, well, you know, Aunt Boo Boo, she prayed and she died. (laughs) Uncle Ding Dong, he's still a Ding Dong. I don't want anything to do with him. I did that for you, Rhett. <laughs> now, now, now listen, and I want you to think about how, how you pray. And coming to God, not knowing how everything's going to turn out, but you know this. I know you're good. I know you're faithful. I know you have my best interest at heart. And if your word says it, I'm going to stay on it until I see it manifest in my life. And I'm not backing off. And even when I don't understand, I'm going to keep trusting you that you work all things together for my good because I am called according to your purpose and I do love you. He doesn't work all things together for good for just the churchgoers, for just the Bible toters, for those who truly love God. And you've accepted the call of God to have a relationship with God, to be everything you're called and created to be. There's a difference between praying Knowing that you belong in the presence of God. Even while you're jacked up, you belong in the presence of God. Even while you're still struggling with all kinds of mess, you belong in the presence of God. You are created to be in the presence of God. That's where our answer is, in the presence of God. 
That's where our strength comes from, the presence of God. That's where we get to know the heart of God. That's where we get to know Him as deliverer and healer and provider is in His presence. Not when we have it all worked out. Not when we have all of our I's dotted and T's crossed. It's just you showing up, being the one. I'm jacked up, but I'm here. I'm still strung out, but I'm here. I'm still hung over, but I'm here. I don't have everything figured out, but I'm here. And I'm going to keep being the one that shows up. Look at your neighbor and say, be the one. Be the one. I've been praying just about where the body of Christ is and where we are and what God is saying and what he's wanting us to do. And I I just want to inject some things that I I just believe it's going to add value to us as a body on just the power of praise. The power of worship. The power of thanksgiving. So just for time's sake, when I say praise, worship, thanksgiving, we're going to kind of clump them together, even though we could dissect them and they're all their own things, but we could put them all together. And and I'm asking, okay, Lord, if we apply this today, can our lives change? And the answer is yes. Look at your neighbor and say, our lives can change. Psalms 34, verses 1 through 3. And you know I'm going to give a lot of scripture because I want you to have what God's word says about the situation. Because man's opinions, man's thoughts, if they don't line up with the word of God, they don't mean a hill of beans. Amen. Amen. Psalms 34 verses 1 through 3. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I want to read it again. I will bless the Lord sometimes. (laughs) Just making sure you're paying attention. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. You know what the word boast means? Brag. Ladies, I, I don't know if y'all do this, but I know as boys when we were on the playground when we were little, you know, we'd say, well, my daddy whoop your daddy. <laughs> right? You know, and, well, my daddy whoop your daddy, one hand tied behind his back. And we'd go through the whole deal. My daddy, he has one leg tied up. And that's boasting. And David is saying, this is what I'm going to do. Whether you're going to do it or not, this is what I'm going to do. I will. See, praise, worship, thanksgiving, it's a choice. Say it, it's a choice. It's a choice. You know, so so today we're going to answer some questions, okay? When do we praise? When do we praise? So there's really, there's it always covers everything, but, but I want this to stick in your heart today. We praise when we feel like it, and we praise when we don't. We praise when we feel like it, and we praise when we don't. Say it, I praise when I feel like it, and I praise when I don't. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will make my boast in the Lord. In other words, I'm going to brag on the goodness of God. I don't care. I'm going to let the devil and every devil in hell know how big my God is. You hear me, devil? You sit right down in this chair and you listen to me. I'm going to say, my daddy has already whooped you. 
Jesus has already disarmed you. He's already made you to nothing. You are made zero. You are nothing in my life. While tears are running down your face, that's whenever you need to open your mouth and say, you listen to me, devil. I'm going to brag on the healing power of my God. I'm going to brag on the restoring power of my God. I'm going to brag on my God. Not sometimes, but all the time. When people come up on you when you're out at the barn, do they ever catch you saying, thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Can your kids, can your spouse, can your friends, can they know that there's something different about you? Do you have uh, Psalms 33 verse 1 in the Amplified? I don't think it's on the notes there, but I I just want us to, to look good. So when do we praise God? We praise God when we feel like it and when we don't. We praise God at all times. What, what does praise mean? I mean, there's a lot of different expressions, but some of the definitions of the word praise, I'm just going to give these to you. Praise means commending. In other words, commending means I'm going to recommend that you trust God. I've trusted God and he showed up in my life and now I'm recommending that you trust God the way that I trusted God. See, see, years ago when I was just asking the Lord, because I see David, he's one of my heroes. I mean, he was a tail-kicking man. (laughs) But he was a worshiper. And just on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, worshipers are warriors in the kingdom. If you want to be strong in the things of God, learn to be a worshiper. Learn to open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just do it. Thank you, Lord. See, when you, when you do that, life is released from your spirit, man. Thank you, Lord. You're saying, God, I acknowledge you as my provider. I acknowledge you as my protector. I acknowledge you as almighty God. I praise you and I thank you that, yes, not only am I knowing that I'm going to go to heaven and spend eternity with God, but right here, right now, you're everything to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Praise you. Praise means to commend. Praise means that you have a favorable opinion of somebody. We we praise the gentleman that's up here, and he did a great job. Can y'all give him a hand clap, the guy that did his testimony? Man, that was awesome. I don't know where you're at, but you did a great job. And we and we just we 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 praised what he did. We had a favorable opinion. So when we say to God, I'm praising God, I'm saying, I have a favorable opinion of you that you're my forgiver, you're my redeemer, you're my healer, you're my provider. I have a favorable opinion of the mercy of God. I have a favorable opinion of the blood of Jesus. I have a favorable opinion of the name that is above every name. I have a favorable opinion that angels are assigned to me. A favorable opinion. So when you say, I praise you, Lord, at all times, you're saying, my opinion of you, God, is not a religious opinion. It is a good opinion. You are faithful. You are a protector. You are a provider. You are a way maker. A favorable opinion. When you praise, this is what you're, you're doing. It, it, it's giving credit to somebody who's perfect is one of the definitions of praise. I'm, I praise you, Lord, saying, God, you're perfect. You pray. Years ago, I realized that most of my encounters with God were going to be corrective. Because he's perfect, and I'm me. But when I say praise you, Lord, I'm acknowledging that he's perfect. First Thessalonians, what, where did I say to go? Oh, Psalms 33, verse 1. This is a great one right here. Can we read this? Do you have it? Amplified? 
Still looking? You want me to come back to you? I'll come back to you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God. For you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will, thank God in some things. No, in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God. Every one of us want to know what the will of God is. And he says, if you're thankful, my Bible is needs help. Thank you. <laughs> it's been some miles. You see the duct tape and stuff on the back of it there. Psalms 33, verse 1, be thankful in every, everything. Say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you just say, well, do you just have the habit of saying thank you, Lord? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, bless your heart. Psalms 33, verse 1. Listen, it's rejoice in the Lord, O you uncompromisingly righteous, you upright and right standing with God. For praise is becoming and appropriate for those who are upright and right standing with you. I like this because in society, I mean, we go to the gym and, and we work out and take care of ourselves. And some of you get a, a suck here and a plump here and a lift here. And, a you know, if you got a wig or a weave or whatever you have, I mean, you we do all kinds of stuff to help the way we look and we need it. Say we need it. Right. I mean, it's just. It's okay. The barn needs painted. I mean, paint the thing. <laughs> but listen to what he says right here. What he's saying when he says praise is becoming, he's saying praise looks good on you. Praise looks good on you. And then it says it's appropriate. It's appropriate. When Heather and I are messing around and stuff, you know, and we'll be at the house and I'll reach over and give me a little honey grab or something, you know, or, you know, ah! and, and I look, I'm, uh, our youngest daughter, don't look so holy. Some of you are like, oh my gosh. But my, our youngest daughter will look and she'll say, you're so inappropriate. I say, oh, everything his hands touch are blessed. But what he's saying, some of you men are going to use that, right? Some of you women are going to use that. Remember, we decided we're going to be doers of the word, right? We're going to be doers. But he's saying in every situation, praise is appropriate. When I'm hurting, praise is appropriate. When I feel good, praise is appropriate. When I got the promotion, praise is appropriate. When I got laid off, praise is appropriate. When my family's together, praise is appropriate. When I'm having opportunity, praise is appropriate. If I want to look better, praise, thanksgiving, worship. When you're around somebody who is praising God, they're thankful, they're grateful, they're appreciative, they're full of faith, they're positive, you just feel better being in your in their presence, right? But if you have somebody, they can be so handsome or beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, they're unforgiving and bitter and crotchety and crusty and negative. And they are just a pretty ugly person. Get it? Pretty ugly. Pretty, pretty, pretty ugly. But he's saying, if you want to look better, begin to open your mouth and begin to say, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I, I was in Las Vegas preaching one time and I'm on the phone and this lady comes up and she just starts doing this. I'm on the phone and she's going, 
like this up and down my body. And on the inside, I'm like, okay, Lord, I need to cast the devil out of her. What do you want? This is the dialogue I'm having. And, and I get off of the phone and, and, uh, I said, can I help you? She says, there's just such a aura around you. See, praise looks good on you. I was in the airport one time and the storms were going. They were canceling flights. And I mean, it was just some rough stuff happening. And these group of ladies came over to me and said, Sir, can we just sit by you? You just seem so peaceful. I said, Yeah, you bet. I just kept working, doing what I was doing, you know. See, praise looks good on us. So when do we praise? Always. When I feel like it, when I don't. When I feel like it, when I don't, and all the times in between, I praise the Lord. When do I praise? When I feel like it, when I don't. When do I praise? I praise before I go to the doctor. I praise before I go to the bank. I praise before I go to the job site. I praise before I leave the house. When do we praise at all times? Are you a praiser? Do you have the habit of praise? You know, I used to have the habit of cussing. But now I have the habit of saying, thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. David said, Psalms 119, verse 164, he says, seven times a day will I praise you. And as I begin to look at David and I look at Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, he says, three times a day, Daniel would go and he would get on his knees and he would open up the doors and he'd just begin to thank God and praise and pray. And God had a habit of showing up for Daniel. And God had a habit of showing up for David. And God had a habit of showing up for Noah when he got off the boat and him and his family. And he began to to make an altar and sacrifice to God and worship God. See, when you have a habit of praise and thanksgiving and worship, God will have the habit of showing up for you. I want God to show up in my life. I need God to show up in my life. But when I have the habit of praise, see, I can choose to do it or I can choose not to do it. I can choose to open my mouth and say, thank you, Lord. Or I can choose to focus on the hurt and the pain and the betrayal. Whatever the case is, we have a choice. Say it, I have a choice. I have a choice. Am I going to be led by my feelings or am I going to let my spirit man lead me? I have a choice. I will bless the Lord when? Always, when I feel like it, when I don't, every time in between. Acts chapter 16, you know this scripture, verse 25 through 30. Verse 25, now this is whenever um, Paul and Silas, they were going to pray. And now this woman, influenced by the devil, she was a sorcerer. She began to follow, uh, follow Paul and the other disciples saying, they declare the way of the Lord. And, and after many days, the Bible says, Paul had enough about it. And this is how he addressed it. And But it, um, after he cast the devil out of her, this woman ticked him off and he just said, okay, that's enough, lady, and commanded the devil to come right out of her. She got free. The people who owned her, they got mad because they lost their income. So they brought Paul before, I'm going to summarize it, just a quick version here. They brought Paul, kicked the tar out of him and took off his clothes, him and Silas, beat, whooped, hurting, bleeding, in jail. Listen to their response, verse 25, but at midnight, 
as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the other prisoners were listening. Now notice as, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, as they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, as they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Notice it didn't say, and Silas looks at Paul and says, boy, you got the crud kicked out of you, boy. <laughs> Notice it doesn't say Paul looks at Silas and says, I mean, that's a boo-boo not even your mama can heal. <laughs> See, they had a choice to look at their hurt. They had a choice. Pain is real. Can I, can I get a witness? Hurt is real. Life happens, but we have a choice. And they didn't look at their blood. They didn't look at their swollen eyes. They didn't look at their backs being ripped open. They didn't look at their nakedness. They began to pray and they began to sing and they began to praise and they began to pray and they began to sing and they began to praise and they weren't looking around thinking, Oh my gosh, I wonder what old Billy Bob down there that killed the two dogs thinks of me. Down in cell block number eight. Because that's what we do sometimes. We come to the house of God and we... That's just not my personality. I'm, I'm just more reserved, you know. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just bound. Is that the word you're looking for? Everybody smile. It says they begin to pray and they begin to sing. And they begin to praise. They begin to pray. They begin to sing. And they begin to praise. And it says, and the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundation of the prison were shaking it. At once all the doors were open and everyone's shackles were unfastened. When the jailer startled out of his sleep saw that the prisoner doors were open, he drew his sword and was on the point of killing himself. Because he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Then the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling and terrified. He fell down before Paul and Silas and he brought them out of the dungeon and said, men, what is necessary for me to do that I may be saved? So notice Paul and Silas, they had a choice. But because they chose to praise, it affected not only their life, but it affected the prisoner's life. When you begin to praise and worship and thank God, not just at church, but Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday when nobody's around and you're driving down the road in your truck and you just begin to say, thank you, Lord, praise you. I worship you, Jesus. You begin to have private praise sessions, private praise and worship empowers you for public service. See, David had learned to praise in private. He was out there praising while he was tending the sheep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are my shepherd to feed me and guide me and shield me. Thank you, Lord. Say it. Thank you, Lord. And because of what he did in his private time, when the pressure came on in public, when Goliath showed up on the battlefield, he walked in power because of his praise privately. If you don't learn how to praise privately, you'll never walk in power publicly. Praise you. Thank you. A relationship with God is not just for church. We come here to learn. We come here to grow. We come here to hear on a different level. We come here to be equipped. But the development, the application of it takes place on Monday through Saturday when we're at home. Praise you. Thank you. I don't know how my bills are going to get paid, but you showed up this time and that 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 time. And this time will be no different. I praise you, Father, that you are working on my behalf right now. 
That's a, that's a be the one mentality. I will praise you when I feel like it and when I don't. I will praise you. See, what we do in our private time determines whether we walk in power and authority or not. Every one of us are called to do something in the public. But walking in the power that the Bible promises out in public comes by who you are privately. Am I a praiser? Am I a worshiper? Or am I a griper? Am I a complainer? Am I full of faith or am I full of fear? Am I a church player or am I a part of the body of Christ? Am I a doer of the word of God? How, how are you doing? If we were to step back right now, I like Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. The Spirit of God is revealing to John about the state of the churches and everything. And he says, now I want you to take a rod. Now listen to this. He says, and I want you to go to the church and I want you to go to the altar and I want you to begin to measure their worship. If God measured your worship, your praise, your thanksgiving, would it even register? Man, I want him when he walks in my my midst, my presence. I want praise to, I want the radar to read. Worshiper, warrior, praiser, overcomer, winner. Psalms 22, verse 3, it says that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. He lives in the praises of his people. God is attracted to praise and thanksgiving and worship. How many of us need God to show up in our family? How many of us want God to show up in our finances? How many of us want God to show up in our physical body? Praise attracts the presence of God. That's why David says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and His praise will continually be in my mouth. I just want to read some of the scriptures on how do we worship, because I see we're getting close to time here. Listen to some of the... So how are we to praise? When do we praise? When we feel like it, when we don't. All the times in between. At all times, we will bless the Lord. We will praise the Lord. Praise, what is praise? Praise is commending. Praise is acknowledging. Praise is saying, I have a favorable opinion of God. Praise is giving credit to God that He is perfect and He is almighty. Praise is magnifying God. See, magnifying glass, it makes something bigger. We don't change the character and nature of God, but He changes in our perspective. We don't see God how He is necessarily. We see God how we are. And so what praise does, when I take God's word and I take his scripture and I begin to praise him, I take healing scriptures, let's say, and I begin to praise that he sent his word and healed every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. And God, you're no respecter of person. And I praise you. God, you are my provider. And you said you would provide all my needs. And I just praise you and worship you that all my needs are met. What begins to happen? You don't change God, but it changes me. And now I begin to see God in a bigger picture instead of seeing the bill. Now I see God is bigger instead of seeing the dog. Doctor's report, I see God is bigger. Instead of seeing the destruction, I see God is bigger. You want to see God is bigger in your life? How could David march onto the battlefield and all these trained military warriors, I mean, they'd been at it for years. But whenever Goliath showed up, they shrunk back. 
and they magnified Goliath and they said, man, his spear is this long and it weighed this much. And have you seen this guy's shield out in front of him? And have you seen how tall he is? And they were magnifying every detail. And he's this and he's a trained warrior from his youth and he is a tail kicker. And they would shrink back in fear. But David had been spending time magnifying and worshiping almighty God. And he steps up onto the battlefield and he says, is is nobody going to do anything about this turkey? Because, see, he didn't see the size of the giant. He'd been spending so much time with God, magnifying God that he saw the size of his God. So in no intimidation, no fear, no shrinking back, he saw Almighty God. And he said, you listen to me. Today, I'm going to take your head off and all your buddies too. And I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of the air. (gasps) How could he do that? He was a praiser. He is a worshiper. He had been spending time in the presence of God. It wasn't a game to David. I like David because he had a, a mindset that exceeded expectation whenever, you know, after he kicked Goliath's tail and everything, and they said, okay, you can marry the daughter. And he says, man, who am I? Does the king realize I'm, I'm, I'm a poor man? You know, I came from Jesse and I had nothing. And, and he said, I just don't feel right about stepping into the palace. I came from nothing. And, and so, the king sent his men. He says, you, you tell David to go. Now, this is a setup. You know, he was trying to kill David. He says, you tell him to go get a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. <laughs> I like David's mentality, though. He says, hey, no problem. A hundred? Let's give him two hundred. He brought back two hundred. Had them in a bag. Here you go. Blood dripping. Drip. Drip. And you know Saul was thinking, this dude is out of his mind. Here's my daughter. (laughs) But see, he had a different mentality. He had a different attitude. Why? Because he was a praiser. He was a worshiper. He was a warrior. Say it, a warrior. Isaiah 40, verses 8 through 10. It says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. O you who bring good tidings to Zion, get up to the high mountain. O you who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with strength. Lift up, lift it up. Be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with might and his arm will rule for him. Behold his reward is with him and his recompense is for him. See, when you can go back and look at this your own time. But what he's saying, he's saying, listen to me praisers. I need you to lift yourself up. And whenever you begin to praise and worship, there should be no intimidation. You belong in the presence of God. There should be no back off. There should be no fear. Why? Because greater is he who's in you than he that's in the world. He says you should not be afraid because you know, because you've been spending time with God, his arm will rule and his mightiness will reign right in the middle of your situation. He says, I need you to lift your head up. I need you to focus on who God is. I need you to take your place as the body of Christ and begin to say, thank you, bless you, praise you. Begin to open your mouth and you will begin to not necessarily see the circumstances change right off the bat, but you'll see you change. Remember, I was praying about this situation one time and and just on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, you know, I want to change the circumstance. You know, I want to help you. He says, but the main thing I want to change is you. See, praise, worship, it's about relationship. Saying, thank you, Lord, 
isn't for a show. Praise and worship, it flows out of an authentic relationship with God. That it just comes out of you. Thank you. Thank you. Say it. Thank you. Say it again. Thank you. Say it again. Thank you. Some of you are saying, well, I don't feel like How's that working for you? How's that griping and complaining and being negative? How's it working for you? So if praise attracts God, some of you didn't like that very much, but you'll be okay. <laughs> if praise attracts God, then griping and murmuring and complaining, it attracts the powers of darkness. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that when they began to grumble and gripe and complain that snakes came into the camp and killed 23,000 people. Now, thank God we live under a different dispensation of grace, and a different, but the principle is still the same. Griping and murmuring and complaining will suck the life out of you. If that's you, just look straight ahead and smile. <laughs> but praise and thanksgiving... And joy and faith and saying the promises of God. It produces faith in you. Life in you. So when are we to praise God? When we feel like it. When we don't. All the times in between. We bless the Lord at all times. Say at all times. Now now, now here are some dis- different expressions of praise. I'm just going to give you a few and we're going to be done. Singing. Say it. Singing. singing. Now everybody can sing. Not everybody needs a microphone. Right? So don't come up to Pastor Emma and say, now he said I was supposed to sing. No, no. Everybody, I'm talking about at your home, by yourself. When we come in here and worship. Psalms 95 verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. I want to read it again. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Another expression is shouting. Say it, shouting. Shouting. Psalms 35, verse 27, it says, Let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy and be glad and say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Say it, shouting. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. This is, think, I want you just to picture this. Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. Are you seeing this with me? When all the people saw it, they had to change their underwear. No, no, that's not what he said. Listen, <laughs> I mean, can you picture that? I mean, here this altar is, and the fire of God just comes out of the presence of God. Woo! Listen to their response. When all the people saw it, they shouted, and they fell on their faces. Different expressions of praise. See, we get set in our ways, and we think, well, so-and-so, I mean, they're over there, they're doing this, and they're lifting their hands, and, you know, they're shouting, they're getting a loud. I mean, they make me feel uncomfortable. Listen, listen, God is not nervous by your shouting. You do not make God feel uncomfortable when you do this and say, God, I trust you and I surrender everything I have to you. 
You do not make God nervous whenever you get to this laughter and joy just consumes you and ha, 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 devil, you like that? Ha, ha, ha. And he's saying, what are you, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because you're defeated. Well, it doesn't look like you're, you're winning. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm going to laugh. Psalms 2, Psalms 13 says, God is in heaven and he laughs at the enemy. So if God's going to laugh at you, I'm going to laugh at you and your mama dresses you funny too. <laughs> so singing, shouting, a joyful noise, Psalms 98 verses 4 through 6, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth, break forth in song, rejoice, sing praises, sing to the Lord with harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn, shout joyfully before the Lord and King, say it, shout. Say joy, joy. Laughter. laughter. Psalms 126 verses 1 through 3. When the Lord brought back the captives who returned to Zion, we were like those who dream and it seemed so unreal. Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them and the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Notice, then were our mouths filled with laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Sometimes you have to laugh by faith. Yeah, but that is just so strange. Ha, 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 ha. Other expressions, thanksgiving. Say it. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. Standing, say it, standing. Nehemiah 9, 5 and the Levites, and I put on my notes because it has a lot of difficult names. I just put hard names so we can go forth. You know, sometimes if they're, you know, hard to pronounce, you just say it real fast and then you just go on. People think, well, man, that's pretty good right there. You know, <laughs> kind of like you don't remember somebody's name and you're like, hey, how's it going today? That's what you can do reading some of the hard names in the Bible. And God showed up. <laughs> exactly. Nehemiah 9.5, the Levites, hard names, say it, hard names. Hard says, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. See, standing is, is common for us. We stand when we praise. We stand when we worship. It's a form of respect and honor. Kneeling, say it, kneeling. Psalms 95, verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our Maker. Kneeling. See, there's times as we develop in our relationship with God and you stay in love with God, you're passionate about God, you're, you're, you're adoring God, you're admiring God, there are going to be times that you move through all of these expressions even if it's not your personality. See, these are not personality-specific scriptures. It is Bible. It's not denomination, whether you have music, you don't have music, Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Church of God. It is Bible. Say it, Bible. But there will be times in the presence of God that you begin to kneel out of honor and respect, saying, God, you are almighty, and it is okay to kneel, and it is okay to lift your hands, and it is okay to say, ha, 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 on the devil. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay. It's okay. And dance. Oh, this is a good one. Dance. 
Yeah. <laughs> Psalms 149, verse 3. Let them praise His name with a dance. Let them sing praises to Him with the timbrel and harp. Remember in Exodus 15, after the children of Israel, they came out on dry ground. God released the waters, destroyed the Pharaoh and all the army. And they came out, and what did they do? And they sat quietly at the first frigid air church, and they just had said, thank you, Lord. No, no. It says they grabbed the tambourines and they grabbed the harp and they grabbed the flute and they begin to sing and they begin to shout. I mean, they fixing to, they were fixing to have their backside handed to them, but God showed up. And when God begins to be real in your life, you're not going to care who's on the left and who's on the right because you're going to let what's in you begin to come out. And you're going to have a smile on your face because praise and worship, it's an outward expression of what's on the inside of you. And there's times that you can't sit still because you're so excited about who God is. And oh my gosh, they don't do this in my church, but here it comes, baby. (laughs) See, when you begin to praise and worship, and some of you are thinking, I would never do that. (laughs) Oh, you will. You will. I, I enjoy it when I get to go to predominantly black churches and everything because they, ah, you talk about refreshing. Man, they just express and worship and they have rhythm. <laughs> they, have, they have rhythm and this is what we look like. But man, they are just so free and the presence of God is there and it's so refreshing and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The dance, clapping hands, Psalms 47 verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout. To God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, that did not hurt one of you, did it? See, studies say that we have nerves in our hands and nerves in our feet that are connected to every organ of our body. So when we begin to do this, it's bringing life to our body. It's bringing praise and worship to God Almighty, but it's bringing life to our body. And there's times that what is going on inside of you, it's going to come out through your feet. It's going to come out through your, through your hands. It's going to come out through your knees. It's going to come out through your voice. It's going to come out through singing. It's going to come out through flag. It's going to come out. Psalms 115, we're, we're closing. Come on up, rep. Uh, there's several others that we could go through, but for time's sake, I, I, just the heartbeat of God is just start. Just start. A lot of times, you know, when you're starting businesses or churches or starting something new, people are like, okay, what I need to do, and I need to dot every I, I want to have everything. No, no, just start. Just start. Just start just with you. God wired you, God designed you, but you have a mouth and you have hands and you have feet and you can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do it. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. And when you're driving, say, thank you, Lord. When you get up in the mornings, you look around your house and you begin to go through the pantry. Thank you, Lord, that I have food to eat. There was a time I didn't have anything to eat, but I got food to eat. Thank you. Say it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we have clothes to wear. Say it. Thank you. Those of you who wear underwear, you can say thank you, Lord, for my underwear. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> exactly. Those of you who... Remember, it's a choice. (laughs) I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Preach it, brother. Psalms 150, listen to this. This with musical instruments. Hear the heartbeat of this. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with string instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying right here. Our expressions of praise will be determined by our relationship with God. Nobody's better than the next person. But when you get serious about the character and nature of God, and you really need God to show up in your business, your family, your heart, physical body, it starts to be real to you. God, I need help said that you're attracted to my praise so I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong but God here I go and there's times when you hurt so much that you have to choose I don't feel like praising but I'm going to praise you anyhow I don't know how I'm going to get through this but I choose to praise you. And I choose to say, God, I trust you. Father, I just praise you. And I worship you and I pray over this house right now. Now, Father, a spirit of praise, a garment of praise begins to rise up in and on each and every one of us. And all of us, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're facing, we say, God, we praise you. We praise you. Say it. I praise you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I admire you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want you to think about what you're saying. I know most of you in this place, you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, but... I want us to thank Psalms 42. It says, those who fall in love with salvation. Let me think about this. They fall in love with the power of the blood. They fall in love with the reality. Listen to what I'm saying. That God is not holding anything against you. They fall in love with with the truth that Jesus took our infirmity and bore our sicknesses and He took our sin and He released health and healing and He released righteousness. Nothing is holding you back from a relationship with God except the, the acceptance 
Accept the surrender. Accept you saying, God, I accept. Thank you that he's already forgiven me. He's already forgiven you. He's already forgiven you. Thank you, Lord. Say it. Thank you, Lord. He's already made a way for you to be in the presence of God. You belong there. Say thank you, Lord. He's already redeemed you and I from the curse. You're created to walk in relationship. You're created to walk in the blessing. You're created to be who you're called and created to be. Say thank you, Lord. He already has a plan and purpose for your life. He's not trying to figure it out. It's there. It's in you already right now. Say it. Thank you, Lord. He already has angels assigned to you and your family and your assignment. Already they're there right now. You just got to put them to work. Say thank you, Lord. He's already, already sent His Word to deliver each and every one of us. He's already sent His Word to heal every single one of us. Say it. Thank you, Lord. See, we're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you and I just to accept what He's already done. And one of the ways you accept it is saying thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And I want you to look into your heart. And I want us to be real with ourselves. And if you were to die today, do you know that you'll spend eternity with God? Can you recall a moment or time in your life when you yourself, you were serious, you didn't do it because of your friends or your family, you made a decision? That I'm going to accept Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Can you recall that moment? 1 John chapter 5 says when a person receives Jesus, they receive eternal life and they know. They know. They don't guess. They don't wish. They don't wonder. They know that they have eternal life. Look in your heart. Do you have that knowing that you'll spend eternity with God? If you can't recall that moment or time, you you don't have that knowing. And today, you want to settle. Today, you just want to accept what Jesus has already done. This is what I'd like us to do with heads bowed, eyes closed. I'd like us as friends and family to pray a very simple prayer together. And I want us to do it out loud. And as we say this prayer, I want you to believe these words in your heart and declare these words with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it. Because it does. And according to God's word, right where you're sitting or standing, when you release your faith and you accept this, the life of God enters into you and you're born anew. You're a new creation. You come into the family of God and you settle where you're going to spend eternity. Can we pray this prayer together out loud? Can we just say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart. That God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And according to God's word, I am forgiven. I am cleansed. 
And I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Every head bowed, every eye closed except the leadership team here. If you said that prayer for the very first time in your life, and you meant it, you meant it. On the count of three, I want you just to slip your hand up in the air, acknowledging to God, acknowledging to me, yes, I said it, I meant it, I prayed it, I believed it for the very first time in my life. Are you ready? One, two, three. Would you just slip your hand up in the air and hold it there just for a sec? There's hands here, 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 in the back. Back there, several hands all around. In the very back, back there, thank you. Is there anybody else that said, yes, I said it, I meant it, I prayed it, I'm acknowledging Jesus is my Lord. Is there, put your hands down. The Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing over those people that made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior for the very first time. Now listen, that's the starting point. That's the beginning point. Now get plugged in, grow, develop, become. That's why we do the things we do on the website. You can go to Trey Johnson Ministries. We write the daily devotionals. We have podcasts, YouTube channels, TV shows, the books, the teaching CDs, everything to add value. But you're here. Get connected here. Grow here. And be everything God's called and created you to be. God bless you guys. Did you get something out of the word today? Would you give God praise? Go ahead.